episode of Whiskey and Mash. As always, I am Chris Pullman. And I am Lori Ackerman. This week we'll be talking about Season 4, Episode 23, Deluge, and Season 4, Episode 24, the last uh, episode of the season, The Interview. Let's get right into it with Deluge. Um, this is a fun episode because it's the first where they start off with the black and white news. So, um, not the first? That would be The Interview. Well, this does start, though, with the black and white interview. Oh, you're you talking know? about the news? Yeah, the, the news clips. Okay, so, no, no, yeah. Yeah, throughout this I'm episode, sorry. it's a it's a fun episode because throughout this episode, as they're very busy at MASH, they break in with news clips of what's happening of the day in the day mm-hmm. during the, what's happening at home on the news during the day. So you'll see some, you know, dance competitions. You'll see regular news. They begin with a black and white expressing admiration for the soldiers in Korea. Um, So that's what this episode is, kind of uh, what's happening at home, what's happening here. It's a very busy time at MASH. A lot of casualties, not so much downtime. And um, basically that's the gist of what this um, episode is about. Sure. now okay. we can get into the specifics. Yeah. Um, I know you were playing with Ryan a lot during this one. <laughs> yeah, I was. But <gasps> I, I took down fairly copious notes of those news clippings. And actually, just something to note, um, in the MASH wiki uh, fun facts, although the intersplicing of news footage seems masterfully done, it's actually an afterthought. When the final cut had been done, Larry Gelbert and, uh, oh, Reynolds, who was, I can't remember his name, and Reynolds, uh, Gelbert and Reynolds, found the episode was too short. It was not practical to shoot original material. Yeah, and so stock news footage was purchased and spliced in. Oh my gosh, I would have never guessed. Right? Because like you say, it was, it was very well done. I thought so. You know, yeah, um. I thought it was really interesting because that gave what was going on a lot of context. Um, It also refixes the timeline, which I'll bring up later. But, you know, like we start out and we see uh, movie tone news in a title screen across. And one of the first things we hear is Churchill giving some statements about Korea. And he's... Uh, on a podium in England saying these Americans three or four battalions that I'm not doing a very good impression I but, thought you were doing great um, are holding out against immeasurable odds and uh, you know that would be like the American I guess like an expeditionary force that first went to Korea to help the South Koreans um, and that would have been during the first phase of the war when South Korea and the few allies that were there pushed all the way up to the Chinese border. Um, the Alu River. Um, they also have a clip in that same sort of, at that same time in the episode, about Wonsan Harbor, where it's from naval ships launching a bunch of rockets at night. And it was very interesting it almost looked like fake footage but i'm sure it was real I'm sure it was real. where yeah you know like these 
you just see sparks and then you see something take off from the ship. It just looks so weird. See, and it surprises me that you say that this was put in as an afterthought mm -hmm. because they did this whole dance segment that almost went, like, it showed yeah. dancers back home and they were doing, like, mm -hmm. first the, you know, kind of um, slower dances and then mm -hmm. into more of the Charleston-y type dances. Mm -hmm. And it was showing back at, in MASH how, mm -hmm. like, at first it was a slower type of operations. They're in the operating mm -hmm. room. And then it did this jazz thing they where they were outside up. and they were doing um, triage yeah, and they were moving on, like, that same type mm -hmm. of dance. And it showed the dance music, how it was at home, and then showed how they were doing almost that same dance through the art of surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so to I, me, as an afterthought, wow, that was really cool that they could splice that mm -hmm. to show. I think they picked really. There was good real artistry clips. there. Yeah, no, definitely. Whoever cut it together did a really good job of picking out clips. Yeah. To put in, either that or they got very lucky with the ones that they got. They did because that whole dance series to me just mm -hmm. touched me and showed the music. And first, you'll have to watch. Because to show the dance, yeah. mm -hmm. and it showed how they were dancing at home, and then showed the, the dance of surgery. Like mm -hmm. we sat through the trias or through um, the actual surgeons in surgery. or And it really went well together. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. And again, you know, a lot of these clips really do give you historical background on where we're supposed to be in time. Um so you look at the historical and I look at the feelings parts. <laughs> mm -hmm. But no, it, both are important because like you say, right. they did do a really great contraposition of these. And they even uh, sped up some of the dance right. clips because it was getting frantic at MASH. And so it really... So it went, it, you know, and they went into that type of dance that would mm -hmm. be a frantic dance. And, and, you know, then you're seeing Hawkeye just jump between people as he's doing triage. And it... It was great. I it, it was really well done. I could watch a whole hour of just that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I and, could have. And this is another one of those episodes where, you know, it was just a normal length episode, but it felt like it was a lot longer did, just because yeah, of... Did how much they managed to put into this episode and it was all it was interesting it kept your attention or kept mine at least right but it felt like a lot more it felt like an hour episode and it really wasn't um but because you, know, you went you took you went left not because it felt long mm -hmm. because you left with so much information yeah you know like in in another one of the clips we see um we see Truman during a stop on a 16-state whistle-stop trip. Well, okay, so we know that Truman is still president, which is actually a timeline fix. Yeah. Because at a point in the past, um, they're talking about uh, President President-elect Eisenhower, I think. And he but this is farther away. But this is Truman. So okay. we're before. Uh, we see a clip of I believe it was Senator Joe Brown asking for blood donations which i thought was really cool yeah me too because um, it still applies today mm -hmm. blood and plasma means life itself yeah is what that's he said. what he said and and i thought you know what i'm almost seeing these same commercials now mm -hmm. um 
we see a clip where it was about the French fighting the Reds in Vietnam, which would have been happening. The French fought in Vietnam for years before the Americans got involved. Um, and in fact, it wasn't until... I didn't realize that. Yeah, they got... That early, even? I think so. Okay. It wasn't until they got surrounded and basically massacred at this one place that we ended up getting involved. Um, They were calling for us to drop nukes on the Viet Cong, the, the North Vietnamese, and we said no because we understood what dropping nukes was like at that point. And they, you know, they were cut off and surrounded, and we just weren't willing to do it. But yeah, they were involved pretty early, because Vietnam was a, a French colony okay. at the time. Uh, See what how much you learn on <laughs> this great show? Yeah. <laughs> um, in not a movie, in not a, not a movie tone clip, but during one of the OR sessions, we hear the... PA speaker come on and say that the Chinese have now attacked oh, yeah. with 33 divisions. That's 300,000 men and we're facing an entirely new war. Uh, just as a point, since we're kind of there in my notes, that happened... Okay, so remember that before this episode we were kind of looking at being in fall 1952. Well, the Chinese entered the war November 25th to 26th, 1950. Oh, okay, so we went back in time We've a reset bit. the timeline a little bit, yeah. Which needs to be. Mm-hmm. And I, but, you know, again, this still fits with this episode, because, like, Churchill was saying that, um... Do you, okay. No, that's okay. Okay. Um, you know, Churchill was saying that these few thousand American men were holding off the red tide well they would have helped the korean the people's republic of korea push to the chinese uh border and then they held there for a while and then the chinese entered and then pushed everyone back to the pusan perimeter which is where the u.n forces were holding until the u.s got involved in a big way uh, landing at Incheon, and then pushed back, and that's basically where we got to the, uh, oh shoot, what's the parallel? The, the forces that came in after that point ended up pushing the North Korean and Chinese forces back, basically to the line where they would be for the rest of the war. Hmm. But point being that the Chinese entering the war and it becoming a new war would have been consistent with what Churchill said at the beginning of the episode. However, it's not consistent with the rest of the series to this point. We've reset the timeline. Um, Also, it's a little weird because later in the the series, um, they get a temporary surgeon who is apparently at the Pusan perimeter where... Hmm. And he mentions having to try and do surgery on the back of a jeep while they're just running away from the advancing Chinese army. And he he goes a little crazy. And he 
he's suffering from massive PTSD, um, rather, from being back in a mash and being under these circumstances, and I don't really think that the 4077th would have been around during the Pusan perimeter. Okay. But they had to reset the timeline, which we see. Um, we see the harvest, the, the dancers at the harvest ball that you mentioned. We see MacArthur receiving a ticker tape parade in New York. Um, what else? We see celebrities playing golf. That's another one of the clips that we see during the episode, which I thought was really neat. Because you have Bob Hope, but also Danny Kaye. Mm. And I love Danny Kaye. I do too. Because, like, um, you know, something about uh, somebody was talking with Danny Kay on camera and he says, now look over here and Danny Kay looks at the guy ah! <laughs> and screams and then and here's Danny Kay addressing the ball and it turns out it's the wrong address <laughs> he falls over during his backswing it was pretty cute um, but these are all the clips that are happening these are all the clips at the actual MASH camp it mm -hmm. was so frustrating and you got to see what they were going through as camp that you normally don't get to see. Mm -hmm. You normally just see the fun poker games and the, but there was such frustration going on at camp well, where, you know, Margaret talks about the rats and the duffel bags and mm -hmm. the water leaking through the tents because it's raining. Yeah. And they had no gloves. They ran out of gloves. They ran out of gloves. So, so they, they had, had to, to use alcohol. So they were no doing bare-fisted no surgery. Right. Yeah. The, um, you know, you just see the frustration and mm -hmm. you can feel it. Like, it's raining out today, which is ironic because it kind of gives mm -hmm. you that, there's a different feeling that you have in life when it's mm -hmm. raining outside and you can't go out. And, you know, just imagine well, right now a hole yeah, coming through say, your ceiling and rain coming into your home. Yeah, it's, it's These especially different homes. when, yeah, when you're inside where it should be dry and it's, and it's not. Wet. Yeah. You know, you see the frustration of Radar trying to get um, plasma, plasma, and he's trying to know. trade, but his hat is filling up, helmet is filling up with water because that's all he could find. But and as he he's looking, he reaches for a pen, the he, water well, gets out, and he's he, he's trying to read the quartermaster sheet through half of his glasses because he slipped. His glasses in, are broke. He slipped in the mud and broke his left lens. So, you know, like what. He offers, was it Sparky, Jeep butter? No, Jeep batteries. <laughs> we have two extra Jeep batteries. He said he knew what, what, what it was like to be a fly. <laughs> mm -hmm. With the fractured lens. And, um, yeah, you just see this growing sense of frustration at dwindling supplies, increasing um, casualties. Right. Yeah. You know, there's... Um, there's such frustration, but then you go back to these black and white clips of, and to me, that's why it's just shocking to me that it's an afterthought, because mm -hmm. it really looks like it and was put together to be together. And, and I think it also gives you, especially knowing the episode that's coming up next, it really gives you this nice contraposition of life there mm -hmm. compared to what life was like back home, right. largely. Dance competitions mm -hmm. and, you know. Because really, Korea was the first war America went into where we weren't all in. Like, World War One, World War Two, 
Everyone went. Everyone, everyone was went. A part everyone of it. was involved in it. Right. You know. Every parent, every child, every had yeah. some hand in it. You know, World War Two. I'm I'm a big coin collector, so to me, the biggest sign of this, hmm. of how we were all in, is the fact that we stopped making copper coins for three years because the copper was needed for brass shells. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but then Korea comes along. There's no declaration of war, but men are still drafted, which not really kosher there. And um, people, the, the country just wasn't all in in the same way. You know, okay. it, it was more of... That's where my dad went, so I yeah. was hoping that people would be all in. <laughs> no, it, it was a lot different, and it's only gotten more that way, where we kind of, we kind of uh, buy off the war. In fact, Klinger makes a comment, and he said, this is considered a police action. When I think of a police action, I think of people going around arresting people. Uh, and a war is people going around killing people. We are killing people. And I think that's from the next episode. But oh, that makes, sorry. No, but that makes perfect. <laughs> I didn't write that, that down. It just popped in my head. Yeah. So sorry. But, but that's what talk. it, but that's, you know, exactly what I'm getting at. And we see that here because life goes on at home. Mm-hmm. It was different in World War Two. What Ever everyone was a part of. In fact, there was, you know, collecting everything and mm -hmm. everything you did when you from when you woke up to when you went to bed had to do with the thought of war on your mind. Gas rationing. Right. Um, food rationing. Food rationing. Because every scrap was needed for the war. Here, it wasn't quite that way. Right. Um. But yeah. Uh, what else? Like. I think one of them here, like you mentioned, Margaret, arguing about the rats and all these conditions because Potter is Trying going to, to try and ship the nurses out because the Chinese are advancing so fast. And she literally comes into the shower while he's showering and <laughs> says, you can't do this. This is my life. The army's my life. Let me serve. And then what's the, the movie clip that we get? It's Rita Hayworth. Becoming a real life queen when she yeah, marries, when she Prince, I can't remember, Will, Prince Diaga Khan or something. Yeah, I but you know, it's like it—it's—it's it's entertainment news. I right. mean, it—it's kind of fluff. I'm sorry, but when a war is going on, that's that's fluff. That's fluff news. It's, and you know, what does she say? <laughs> you know, honestly, the first thing I'm going to do in New York is get a hot dog. And then you go back to OR and alcohol scrub surgery. Because they're out of gloves and don't have what they yeah. need to actually do a decent surgery. And then as Hawkeye is getting the alcohol poured on his hands to sterilize him, then water starts dripping through the OR roof and splashes him in the eye. Mm. It's like, wow. It just... It's like I said, you can just feel the frustration. Yeah. But yeah, you're seeing things continue to go on happy at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, not not to bring up, not to really bring people down, but think of Iran. You know, we didn't even know there was really a war going Iraq. on here. Iraq. Well, we did both. So we're, we just did, we sent, you know, uh, drones to do all our work. There wasn't in Afghanistan and Iraq. Right. Yeah. We still had troops on the ground, but a lot of contractors, but that's But different. we didn't feel it here. No, we didn't feel it here. And that was to my point, you know, war has changed. Right. From World War Two, war it's has getting changed. Worse. Like, it 
it's getting less personal. Right. And um, it shouldn't be. It's, it's no. very personal. The whole point of Congress declaring war was it was supposed to be difficult. It was supposed to hurt. Right. Because it was supposed to be the natural break on this on this massive military machine gearing up. It was supposed to keep us from going to war so readily and that's kind of disappeared. Right. That's you know. was my, what I was trying to say, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um but Okay. It, it, Not it, to bring away from MASH yeah. though. Let's get back into <laughs> yeah, where we are. It, it, Sorry. It was a really <laughs> great episode and how it just kept going back and forth and showing that difference between war and life at home because mm -hmm. again you know you see celebrity golf outings and you see the dance competition, the dance competition uh -huh. and fluff entertainment pieces and, and wow. here you see no gloves and, and rats in the duffel bags yeah <laughs> and what are some other parts here that i took down that i thought really showed some of you know what these doctors had to deal with at one point, Potter goes over to help BJ with a patient, and BJ gets spurted in the eye with blood from... A lot. Yeah, from a patient, which, I mean, honestly, if you watch, you can tell that Harry Morgan had to have a syringe that he... <laughs> but <laughs> it, it hits BJ's eye, and they have to irrigate it, which I'm sure that sort of thing is why you see doctors now wear, like... Glasses and, and goggles. And face shields, yeah. Because yeah. if that patient had anything bloodborne bj got it right you know um another one was uh i think it was goldstein and Klinger were scrubbing out a sink and all of a sudden the doctors just haul a patient yeah, that was in kinda cool, actually. and put him in the sink and they're saying well what's what's going on and he was hit by white phosphorus which burns in air so they had to get rid of the oxygen well how do you do that put him in water so um they put him in water they doused him with carbon sulfate uh, not carbon and turned off the light with a uh, copper sulfate which they said neutralizes the phosphorus and uh yeah they doused the lights because it also makes the phosphorus fluoresce right, so, so they knew where so, so it shows up my thought that was going through my head as this mm -hmm. was happening is as doctors if you didn't know this mm -hmm. what would have happened like would he have burned to death no he wouldn't not right away but it would have just that would have kept because they couldn't have taken it out without doing this probably not because it would have burst so a flame what what that was what was going through my head what yeah, would have happened it, if they didn't know have this knowledge it, I'm Which sure I'm sure that it would have been a much more difficult operation, but they still could have done it. Oh, okay. But I'm sure it would have been more dangerous for everyone, because here they were able to neutralize it. Right. Whereas if you didn't do that ahead of time, it would have kept burning white hot, hence white phosphorus, I suppose. And, you know, the minute you remove it from the wound... It would... Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they do that. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your thought, but I, I just couldn't get that out of my head. Like, what mm -hmm. would have happened if they went to put him in the water? <laughs> mm -hmm. It would have burned him, I thought. Yeah, well, I mean, it was and burning anything him. anything else? Yeah, it was. It wasn't, you know, it, like you saw, it was just tiny little nuggets, so it's right. not like it was huge open flame, but yeah, it was 
burning, burning his him. flesh, and that's why they had to debride the wound and cut away the necrotic tissue before they took that out. But how do you learn this stuff? You know, wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some of it they probably just learned on the job. I mean, I don't know if phosphorus would have been around in World War II for them to learn it there. But I think that's that's a lot of the notes I have here. Except for the ending, which Except I love. Go ahead, because I, I, I know you were giggling at the ending. It, it was a great ending. The What I have from the ending here is where it's the president awarding them the meritorious service commendation and the doctors are just they are just dead I mean we see BJ and Hawkeye in the swamp and they they look like the living dead you know they are just wiped there's no life in their eyes I was talking about the humorous kind of ending Colonel Potter Walking in on Margaret. You have to know oh, that Margaret yeah. had walked in on Colonel Potter earlier yeah. and said, I, I heard there's this rumor going around. You're taking my nurses away. And I mean, he was taking Which a shower. Yep. So he said, you know, one more step closer and you're going to know everything there is to know about me. So yeah. at the end, Colonel Potter, as kind of, I think, a repay for her, oh, yeah. walked in on her when she mm-hmm. was taking a shower and said, I'd like to thank your nurses for staying, or yeah. you and your nurses for thanking. Uh, the the part that was, really uh, makes it, it cute is the fact that Frank is standing right outside the shower tent waiting for Margaret, and Potter just walked right in. <laughs> walked right in. <laughs> so so that was cool. it was just very cute because mm-hmm. she walked in on him, he walked in yeah. on her, and she actually didn't seem that shocked. Like, no. I would have probably, yeah. ah, you know, mm-hmm. she was like, oh, Colonel Potter, hi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was but not yeah, shy. That, that was the, that was um, a cute after, ending. after last commercial scene. Right. It was just know? a very so, cute ending, I so thought. So the one that you might not see on network TV. Mm. Otherwise, you would have oh, been left with, yeah, that's what all of those are. Oh, okay. That little end one uh, is the post commercial break and it usually is the scene. best part it, it's always it's so usually you need a humorous to get the one DVDs, or a little people extra yeah <laughs> especially since it uh, matches and on netflix yeah. anymore oh, that's true but yeah i really like the where they end up with the meritorious unit commendation because you see everybody just nobody really dog cared. dead tired right from just this explosion of activity that they had to go through but it's either that crazy activity where you're so busy that you can't breathe because you're crazy busy, or there's the boredom. So mm-hmm. which one, I guess, mm-hmm. would you want in your life? I, well. You know, one, your life goes so fast you can't even, mm-hmm. you, you can't stop to appreciate life. And the other one, you don't want to appreciate it because you're so bored. Yeah. And, it, I mean, because there's a limited amount of reading materials. There's a limited amount yeah. of anything that you can mm-hmm. have that gives enjoyment yeah well i think that would have been a really hard thing to deal with because like you say it you have it. long stretches of boredom punctuated by moments of sheer terror which right. is how i've heard war described in general and i think as a doctor you would see that too it's just right you know and they mentioned that in the in the next episode but Anything else from this one? No, that's all I have. I, I okay. just really enjoyed the ending. I kind of mm-hmm. got a little chuckle to myself that, you know, mm-hmm. I guess. 
I'm it's that yeah. part of me that thinks nakedness is funny, but mm. it's not. <laughs> so I, we covered everything uh, from the fun facts from the Mash Wiki, so I'm not gonna oh, okay. say anything more about that. Uh, guest stars recurring cast William Christopher, of course, is Father Mulcahy because he doesn't come on full time until season five. Uh, Carrie O'Salmon Salem, Carrie O'Salem as the youngster. Mm. Anthony Palmer as the sergeant. Lois Foraker as Nurse Abel. Albert Har Hall as Corporal. Where is Albert Hall? He is billed as Corporal but doesn't show up anywhere. Mm. Mm. Um, Tom Maybe Rubin. he was helping clean the sink. Uh, that looked like uh, Roy Goldstein. Oh, okay. uh, Roy, pardon me, Tom Rubin is uh, Private First Class. And Lynn Mary Stewart as Merce Plummer. This episode was uh, production code G516, uh, written by Larry Gelbert and Simon Muttner, and director was uh, William Jurgensen. Original air date was February 17, 1976. So next up we have last episode of season four, season four episode 24, The Interview. Basically, uh, it's a black and white episode. It's this war correspondent, Cleet Roberts, interviewing the main cast of the 4077th, with the notable exception that Margaret isn't in this episode, because, we, as we mentioned, uh, she had been released to go and do a Broadway musical, or a Broadway play. So she doesn't appear in this episode, but everybody else does. Klinger, Father Mulcahy, all, all of the regulars. And it's just an interview right. about but, the war. Yeah. That's the basic synopsis. Um, so yeah, let's uh, talk about this from that point on. I know that when Cleet Roberts starts the episode, he lists out some factoids about the war. Uh, it's the second year of the war. The 4077th is apparently three miles from the front. 97% live. Yeah. So, Which I thought, that's pretty high. Yeah, and you know, that was the whole point of these MASH units was to get men to the attention that they need as quickly as possible, which then unfortunately also means that these units are three miles from the fighting, and that's why they had to be mobile, because if all of a sudden, you know, the... The front changes. They need to move. They have right. to leave, because it's not like the lines can absorb shock and not overrun them. Right. And we see that in a couple episodes. There's one where that's they... Nice we don't see it more. But yeah. That's good. You know, there's one where I think it's Margaret, Radar, and Hawkeye end up staying with a patient and they mm -hmm. end up in Chinese territory. Yeah. The rest of the camp leaves, but they're staying there with a patient. They end up in Chinese territory. territory. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Again, the episode is in black and white, which they make sure to point out ahead of time, just to try and make it very... Uh, Newsworthy, I think. Yeah, to make it seem like it really would have come out of that time, which I think it, it really did have that feeling. It did. You know? Even um, though the microphone was, like, as you pointed out. Well, the, <laughs> the microphone on the menu was anachronistic. That's, oh, okay. That's more of a current age microphone the one that the interviewer was using i think probably would have been a little more chronologically correct okay but 
I didn't take a lot down because it it was a little hard to because because it was all it was all like just communications it was just sound clips right yeah you know some of the things you couldn't help like one of the questions he asked what is hard for you in life and Hawkeye said everything's green everything's green (laughs) and I don't know why that resonated with me but it did Mm -hmm. it's like you know, normally I think of a nice spring day and the grass is green and green is beautiful. But if everything, everything you're wearing, everything you're touching, everything, the, everything the is green, green. Except the blood. The blood is red. It's always red. The blood is red. It's always red. Yeah. Um, Radar said the toilet seats and Frank said the lack of respect. It showed <laughs> the characters and who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. what's important to you in life? Color for Hawkeye. Yeah. Toilets for radar <laughs> and respect for Frank. <laughs> yeah, uh, I really liked. Uh, basically, I just took down the the lines that were most memorable to me. Like that one was for you. One of them was uh, the interviewer asked Pierce, "How do you stay sane over here?" And Pierce says, "Well, uh, something you can do is um, you wear your underwear outside of your pants for three days." And that and that keeps you sane. Oh, and um, and and you get a bunch of guys to put their foot out in front of a jeep. And uh, the last one to pull the foot in uh, is the sane one. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Um. I wrote down a little bit about how they answered the questions. I think. Yeah. Like as he was asking questions. You can see that Hawkeye would look up and he would really speak from the heart. Mm-hmm. He was talking from the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I think BJ talked from a family, from a father's perspective. You yep. know, he everything he said, everything he answered was from his life as a father. Mm-hmm. Frank mm-hmm. had his guard up. You could see the shield. Well, he it was he was like Major Frank Burns. Burns. Yes, and he wasn't letting anything. He answered as Major Frank Burns, and he mm-hmm. had his guard up and his shield, and every yeah. answer he had was maybe political. I don't know how you would say that. It it was, it was. very frank because I mean, even in the interview, you know, Hawkeye was Hawkeye. He didn't have any but he, insignia he, or anything. Frank had his lapel pins. He had uh, a knit cap on with his clusters right on it. I mean, he was. He wanted them to know he's a major. Yeah. And radar answered i think with genuine concern for the people yeah he had like he was worried about a pregnant woman who you know what is she going to do without us and what is you know Mm -hmm. he answered he seriously has concern for the people the Mm -hmm. animals yeah you know i the life around him yeah didn't matter life yeah he was talking about um starting an earthworm farm (laughs) so that cute so that he could didn't get it, but okay. So that he could give the earthworms to the local farmers, because earthworms help them aerate the soil and help crops grow better. And you know, he said they can use whatever help they can get. It's just so hard. So, like you say, he he cared. He cared. He cared about the people. Mm-hmm. And Colonel Potter, my last one that I wrote down, answered with. 
you can see that he's at the end of his career. He yeah. wants to be with people his own age. He mm -hmm. wants to be with... He doesn't feel like he ha can have a conversation anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone's like his child mm -hmm. or younger. You know, I could be the father of pretty much anyone mm -hmm. here. Or the grandfather. And it would just be nice to talk with somebody my own age. Yeah. With my... The same experiences. Well, not experiences, There's but... Like Guy, background right? you know I and you know I'm getting that. to that age you know so I I understand you know you sometimes you just need people of your own mm -hmm. age yeah somebody with your own generation who would right. understand some of these things understand. yeah so um, it, it was great to see that different part of who everyone is and that's mm -hmm. how they answered they didn't answer they answered in their characters, and I thought it, every one of them could. Yeah. To me, Hawkeye is Hawkeye. He's not. Mm -hmm. He's not who he is. <laughs> it, I don't even know how to say it that way. But. but yeah, it it gave you a little more depth to the characters, which was nice. Anytime you see character development rather than just using the characters, I always right. love that, and we saw that here. And again, I kind of think that the interview kind of rode the coattails of Deluge. In terms of which is funny, just that con yeah, last just minute did it. Just continuing, really showing what Ward was like for the insurgents in a respect, because like Pierce and BJ at one point they echo each other, and they say that you become numb to patience. Uh, BJ was saying that he. It used to be that he couldn't walk through a ward of patients without getting ill. That he did three amputations before his first breakfast. Really? That one shocked me. And now it's just like a mental anesthesia where he can walk through and not feel it. And Hawkeye was saying you can't suffer for your patients because there's just so many of them. But you still do at some point. Mm -hmm. You resonate with mm -hmm. such. You, you find that throughout mm -hmm. MASH that... Radar especially does that. And, and I see, like, Charles Winchester, who we don't know yet, but mm -hmm. is coming, you know, with that left-handed pianist. And, mm -hmm. and I mean, there there's just certain... There's certain parts, and I think we as people all would do that. We would find mm -hmm. something that touches us and yeah. you can't help but become a part of yeah. a patient or a... Yeah. And, you so know, the nurses do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, again, just these things that really touch these people. Uh, Father Lucay describes a scene oh, yeah. where um, he he's describing when it's cold out, like it is today. And the doctor is over the patient and he cuts into him. The doctor will stand over the belly wound and steam will rise from the body and the doctors the doctors will warm themselves over the wound and I just don't see how anyone couldn't be changed after seeing that and you can tell that Father Mulcahy was really affected. That was a very good, very good analogy. Yeah. And 
um, all these things. It was almost like exactly how Father Matthew did it. So it was very good. You know, I, I, yeah, I could feel it. Yeah, you can, you could feel Father Mulcahy, and William Christopher did a really good job. You know, he's removing his glasses and just really drawing you in emotionally. Um, they talk about the discipline because we always hear about you oh, know that's right but how can you level. expect army discipline from a bunch of stupid doctors <laughs> well potter also mentions this to the interviewer he says it's hard to have discipline here as you would a normal army outfit and certainly if you did that you wouldn't get the same results that we have and that goes back to that 97 percent efficiency rating but also hawkeye addresses that same thing if you remember mm. and he says i came in here and people are telling me what to do uh, yeah. you, you know you never he's not people. he's an only child and so well. you have to keep that in mind that <laughs> oh sorry i know you're an only child also but i'm just no. saying that he's not used to being told what no, to do no. there are points where he says say hi to sis oh no. so it's debatable it's debatable but the point is that he is not used to being told what to do. And he said he came in here and they told him what he had to wear and what he Shoot. had to... in his shoes. You would never... Right. There's Why? nobody in the civilian world. That's so obsessed that, with shoes. So, he says, except Chris's wife and my daughter. Well, a lot of... <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, but, you know, again, I love throughout this episode, you really see... Hawkeye and BJ kind of echoing each other because there's yeah. another point where they both say, and Potter also mentions it, that the nurses, the nurses are the best. Right. The nurses are what make it possible to do what they do. And we saw that, I guess I saw it mm -hmm. in the last episode when the nurse counted the sponges and she said, mm. there's not enough sponges. We need, there's still one more. And Frank kind mm. of got upset. Don't you think I'm the doctor? I know what I did. It was Hawkeye's patient. No, Frank was, Hawkeye's was writing Hawkeye for having lost a sponge in the okay. patient. Okay, like you said, I was with Ryan a lot, so yeah. I guess I got. Yeah, no, that Frank was writing Hawkeye because that. Hawkeye would have been the surgeon who lost the a, sponge. a sponge in a patient. Okay. But really, that I, I get where Frank was going with that, but that was the nurse's job. To keep to track of the, sponge of the sponges. Count. Okay. And, it's the doctor's and that's job why you had sure said to me, well, that's the nurse's job. It's the nurse's okay, job to keep I count okay. of the sponges. Sorry. And that's why, you know, she had to say to Hawkeye, we're one short, we can't close yet. Right. And so then he had to start poking around in the belly until they found it. Because, okay. yeah, people do end up, and Potter mentions about that, uh, I think at wow, one point. That's, that's like huge. In, in that episode. I'd hate to be a nurse. Yeah, that was in the <laughs> Daily But uh, Potter mentions it's amazing what people get in them. And yeah, people have left OR with like retractors in them. See, I don't know how you end up with like an 8-inch retractor in you because <laughs> doctors and nurses both should see a huge stick of metal in your abdomen. But people have done but that. But I could see a sponge like... Couldn't you pick out two and think you were picking out one? But you that's know? where you have to pull them apart and make sure. And right. you look at it, it was blood soaked. So it would be kind so of So it would easy. be very easy to do that. But, you know, that is 
it could fester and yeah, it could be cause very a dangerous. Infection. But yeah, um, but, there but back to this. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to Go keep ahead. us on track. I'm yep, sorry. Good, good job. Because I have notes and I want to get to them. Yes, um, I'm done with mine. I, I think another interesting part that uh, Cleet Roberts brings up as the interviewer that he brings out of Hawkeye. Um, Hawkeye says that he used to love Hemingway, but now he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand how anyone could romanticize war, how anyone could want to go. Because right. um, keep in mind that Hemingway was an ambulance driver, volunteer. He, he was an American. He was a volunteer ambulance driver before World War II. He went over and volunteered to be an ambulance driver in the war zone. You know, just the same way. I think that was in Italy. But, pardon me, you also have, during that time, the Spanish Civil War, where there was an Abraham Lincoln Brigade, where people from America went over and volunteered to fight against, like, the socialist advance in that country. And this is what Hawkeye is saying. He doesn't understand, after being in war, why, how, you would... why anyone would volunteer for it like that. Um, an interesting part from Radar, the interviewer asks Radar, uh, so you've been to Tokyo, and Radar says, yeah, I, I won a contest. So this is actually hearkening back to something in canon for MASH. This is talking about the Soldier of the Month mm -hmm. quiz that, yeah, I remember. that Radar won, and, and the interviewer asked him, so what did you do? And he, I don't what, remember. In, yeah, perfectly serious. And with a smile, he goes, I don't remember. I don't remember. I might have been a little drunk. <laughs> I thought it was adorable. Yeah. Um, then, speaking of drinking, which, hi, how you doing? Um, <laughs> yeah. They asked, Sorry. They asked, That's why I'm talking today. <laughs> <laughs> they asked BJ. The interviewer asked BJ, um... I've heard that there's a lot of drinking over here. And he goes, <laughs> did, did I, I say this. that? Yes, you said that. <laughs> well, I guess um, there, there, there is a lot of drinking here compared to sitting at home. Um, but compared to over here, there's not, there's enough, not enough. Yeah. I like the way he said that. There's not enough drinking for at home, but there's way, wait, the other way. <laughs> Okay. I'll let you sort it out. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Next notes. <laughs> um, and the last note I really have here is, it's very interesting to me, uh, the post-commercial scene. So again, this is the one that you wouldn't normally see in a, in a network TV cut, but you see it on every episode here. Um, we close with, first an OR scene where the interviewer or n b before the, that final commercial break we have the interviewer sitting there because we open with him in the OR saying this is an operating room in Korea and, and you see the tables and, and it's, it's clean blank. yeah it's blank there's nothing going on it's there it's clean but it's dirty mm -hmm. like you don't feel clean it, it's I not think. it's not what you would think of an OR but it's right. what the 4077th OR is but then we basically end the episode with him standing outside of the OR doors. And he has a microphone in front of him and he's saying three hours ago the Chinese ruptured uh, the or 
something along the lines of the Chinese ruptured the American lines and inflicted massive casualties. And then you see radar coming through with a lead with a litter, and they push in, and then the camera follows that patient in onto a table and you see the four doctors working and all the bustle going on around them and you still hear the interviewer saying these doctors are doing their best in very trying conditions in a place that they would rather not be and that's the message we're kind of left with which is a very nice bookend to the episode of starting in OR where it's very calm and pristine and then ending where it's very hustle bustle crazy crazy and then the post-commercial scene is this montage of shots from other episodes because you know why not (laughs) We we don't have to pay them for those again and you hear clips from the episode over top um including father mulcahy's warming them over uh the wound a little bit from that and again just this it's an attempt to kind of hit you again a little bit with what these guys are going through in doing their everyday job over there amazing and it's a freeze frame on the last shot and i actually think um a i think that if they freeze framed pre-commercial and then didn't have that post-commercial it actually would have been a little stronger and i also think it would have been better if we didn't have music Hmm. during the credits which we do on one or two occasions that said um going to the mash wiki now this is arguably the interview is arguably one of uh the fan favorite episodes in the whole series. Yeah. Uh, arguably the show's finest season. One of the best episodes. And I, I would agree with that. In just... Especially after reading some of this. What they have here. Like... Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to read quickly. According to Galbert, some portions of the script were written while others were deliberately left to be improvised by the cast. Apparently, Cleet Roberts spraying the questions on the cast and they made up the lines either during rehearsal or even during actual filming this was the only time this approach was taken during the series so some of those um, responses you got how the character would react yeah that was genuine and so i can definitely see that i can see that especially from hawkeye yeah no i definitely except on all the i'm wondering if frank would have like if he had the lines written for him would have been a little bit less stiff like Mm. he was so frank he was very frank but very frank but almost annoyingly so you know do you know what i'm saying i I get what you're saying but i think all of the actors played their characters exactly how they think their characters would have been and that's kind of why i said And like your wife had said or my daughter larry linville is mm-hmm. easy so easy to hate is Frank, mm-hmm. but such a great actor. Yeah, and that's I think Frank would have had the sort of ego that he portrayed in this episode. You do where Larry, yeah, where where they ask the characters 
Is there anybody you want to say hello to back home? Let, let them know how you feel. And yeah, yeah, Frank said, no, everybody knows how I feel about them, which I take as... Confidence. Yeah, as and Frank just having this ego about him where, no, everybody knows I love them and they love me. Where Laura took it as, everyone hates me and... And I know that. No, that's not Frank's ego. Right. Frank's ego is such his that he has this undeterrable confidence where he's like, nope, everybody loves me. I'm great. That's what it is. If somebody screws up, it's their fault. It's not me. So I'm if someone perfect. from the original MASH episode <laughs> wants to come on and let us know differently, please do that because we invite you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, just another I'm, little... I'm going to invite you every episode. Yeah. Just another little final footnote here. Because we love you. Um, apparently, some 30 years later, Gelbert wrote some interview sequences imagining what Henry Blake, Trapper oh. John, Igor, Colonel Flagg, and Margaret, who again didn't appear in this episode, would have said had they been okay. interviewed, which I think would be... That would have been really cool. Um, also, by the way, just two more things. One, something I pointed out while we were watching Klinger says hi to his mom which he wouldn't have done that two reasons one as we learn in the season seven episode the party he is trying to convince his mom that he's still at i think it was fort benning just peeling potatoes right. this whole time because he doesn't want her to worry two she doesn't speak a word of english right so and he says hi to her in english so he wouldn't have done that uh second what they have on the mash wiki Colonel Potter mentions silent film star Francis X. Bushman during one of his interview segments. In real life, Harry Morgan was married to Barbara Bushman, his great, his granddaughter, rather, from 1986 until his death in 2011. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. That is a fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's called Fun Facts. Yeah. Um, some memorable quotes. <laughs> um... Cleet Roberts asks Hawkeye, what, what do you do? What preacher conference do you have? And Hawkeye mentions, I, I read. What do you read? The dictionary. I figure it's got all the other books in it. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but he reads the volleyball section well, of Nudist, nudist Magazine. <laughs> yeah, Nudist <laughs> Quarterly. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, Radar at one point is mentioning about digging a latrine. Can you say latrine on TV? Let's yeah. find out. First of all, you're on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was TV. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, that's why they have the TV camera. Oh, that's and, right. And Klinger is saying Klinger hello is into so the. Yeah. Look at me, I'm a movie star. Um, about what they think of the nurses, Klinger makes a comment. They give back life. Can you do any better? Oh, and here's the. So does plasma. So everyone give. Okay, mm -hmm. sorry. Maybe we could do a little commercial. What? Plasma. Uh, okay. Blood. Well, that was from the, uh, the last episode. I know, yeah. but I'm just saying it gives life. So, mm -hmm. same as the nurses. So, mm -hmm. give thing you can. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I think you're cut <laughs> off. Um, <laughs> so, guest recurring cast, William Christopher. Again, because he's still not credited as main cast, he will be next season, but he's not yet, so he's a recurring cast so member. come and explain that to us. And Cleet Roberts as the interviewer. 
Um, he does a great job because he, he comes he on does a later. Fantastic too. job. We yeah, he does another we see interview. Him later. And now this this episode in the Mash Wiki it says it's the only one done exclusively in black and white. And I think the next time he comes on, they use color okay. in between his interview segments. But he does come on again. I love that episode too. I, yeah. Um, I've got to say, I don't think they would hit my top ten list. Yeah. But they are definitely on my must-watch list. Right, exactly. You know. But I think they're um, all on my must-watch list. Well. Because you uh, me need too. to see everyone to know. Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> sure. Production code on this was G five twenty five. The original air date was February twenty fourth, nineteen seventy six. So that's Woo-hoo. it for this week. Um. A pair of really good episodes if you know let us know what you think of these episodes because and let us know what you think of us yeah what what do you want us to add what do you want us to take away yeah um join us yeah um, you know i specifically with these two i'd love to hear what you think just because i think certain segments of the population might not appreciate the kind of bleeding heart stance that these might represent we love them because obviously we're kind we're of on hearts. that side. <laughs> I apologize for that. I hope you stick around and listen to us. If this is your first episode and you would like to hear more of that because of or despite our stance on things <laughs> that we share, head over to narclaninc.com. Narclaninc.com. Do that. Go really over well. to the podcast <laughs> section, go to Whiskey and Mash, and we have links to raw MP3 files of all of our back episodes. What that means is you can download them to an MP3 player, like your phone, or if you have a Zoom sitting around for some reason, an, iP- an iPod, whatever, you can have download them and listen to us wherever you go. Otherwise, you can stream those right from the website. Otherwise, you can head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast application and look up Whiskey and Mash, subscribe to the podcast, and then automatically get us downloaded to your podcast listening device every time we post an episode, which, for the most part, is every week. There are some exceptions, but... I'm just looking to see if there's a chip in your ear. You do that really well. <laughs> for the most part, we, I'm just going to keep... There's most of the time we get an episode out every week. Right now we are going week to week. We don't have any episodes in the can, but we will get some in the can eventually. If you want to leave a comment for us, you can email us directly, whiskeyandmash at narclaninc.com. Or if you go over again to the podcast site on narclaninc.com, go over to the Whiskey and Mash podcast portion of the page, there are links there where you can click. It will automatically open up your email client, start an email to us, or it will direct you over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash whiskey and mash. Let us know what you think there, like our page, and you know, leave us some feedback. We've seen some people uh, liking our posts out there. I don't, I don't have an internet thing, <laughs> an internet device in front of me now, or else I would uh, give some shout outs. But, you know, some of you have been liking our posts and, um, commiserating with us when we had the flu we thank you for that thank you for listening to these episodes uh if you enjoy these episodes and you want to help support us right now the best way you can do that share this with a friend a family member a co-worker an enemy we're not too picky 
Um, anyone who you think would enjoy listening to Gloria ramble on when she's on her second whiskey, or just, you know, listen to us talk about these episodes of MASH. We think it's a great show. We love it. And we hope you love it with us. And, you know, that's why we always up front give you the episodes that we're going to talk about. That's why they're in the show notes, so that you can watch them ahead of time if you want to know what we're talking about. Or with us. Or with us. Or if you want to watch the episodes afterward. Um, again, unfortunately, they're not up on Netflix, but you should be able to go out on Amazon. They're out there season by season on DVD, or you can get the whole collection, uh, Mash Martinis and Medicine Collection, and has all the seasons, some special features with the cast, which are excellent. Uh, you know, they even have uh, a special one where of they... these days we're going to get a Mash person on with us. <laughs> that would be lovely. Yes, we love are. That. I know it. It's my yeah. goal in life. It's, mm -hmm. you know, my bucket list. Yeah. Um, I would also just put out there, too, because I know of at least one other Mash podcast out there um and it is oh shoot now i'm gonna have to open up my internet explorer on the pc um just because i listen to them as well they do a good job uh there there is another mash podcast out there and mash 4077th podcast they only do one episode at a time they are a bit ahead of us <laughs> and they don't drink whiskey, so no, come they and join don't. us. <laughs> but you know, if you love mash, Chris that's is another so resource. much nicer than I am. What can I say? Um, I'm I'm not nearly as five sheets to the wind. So, but anyway, that does it for us this week. Thanks for listening. Yeah, no, we're over an hour this week, which is extremely long for us. So thank sorry. you. No, thank you for sticking with us. I'm Chris. I'm Gloria. We'll see you next time. And ciao. Come join us. That would be so cool. I really think we should get someone. Hey, if you have any contacts, I just don't know. Write letters. You know, really. No. Anyone that is in the production crew or even people that. Thank you, everybody. Have a good day.